1: And at a show in a ministry like this, which talks about areas where a lot of people are in bondage, particularly with the things we talk about with pornography and the sexual arena, and we bring up the occult, and we bring up the things that people are struggling with, Um, spiritual warfare is a part of this, Um, not just me, but also our team, and, and the last Couple days have been rather intense, and got it even more intense this morning. And (laughs) some strife. uh, Sometimes that strife can be with loved ones, and um, it it can be a wild ride sometimes. And and so this is not something uh, that we're getting into lightly. Or and we know that you know when when you engage in the battle for people's hearts. People are hurting. People are in bondage. You're going to take some hits and some shots. So working with the ministry like this isn't going to work if, if you're not really ready to go into spiritual battle, <laughs> sometimes quite often. And uh, sometimes the enemy can make us – when he really – in some intense attack, sometimes he can make us feel like we're losing our mind. And I had some of that this morning. Like, am I going crazy? What? What's? What is this? Oh, yeah, okay. And I'm recording today, and here we are. And so, um, the uh, the next several shows over the next weeks, I think, will peg the intense omometer in a little higher. But for today, for today's show, it's going to be about how to overcome temptation and lustful thoughts. And the things that I'm going to give you aren't just for overcoming lust, sexual lust, but across the board. So fear. The enemy gets to grab a hold of us by fear. And he tempts us to fear and to doubt so he can back us into a corner and then we become basically worthless. Because once you've allowed fear to grab hold, he'll, he uses that to make us um, paralyzed and terror if, if it goes on long enough. And then some people can go into hypervigilance and get so bad. So it's very important to deal with fear right up front. And we see a lot of wives in particular dealing with fear when they go through what happens with their husband who is involved with sexual sin is very traumatic for the wife. And they end up, a lot of them end up struggling with fear. And so it's very important to to know how what do we do when we get attacked with this stuff? How do we differentiate between our own flesh and our body chemistry, our brain chemistry, and the attacks of the enemy? What what do we do with all that? So that's that's where I'm going today. And so, the, so the first step with any any Christian with any situation is you cannot be isolated, and most Christians. In America and in other countries are isolated. How do I define that? When I get up and speak, I'll ask audiences to raise their hand if they meet with another brother or sister for the purpose of accountability and support and prayer once a week. Usually 15% of those hands go up. So there are a lot of people, and this is a big reason why the American church is so weak and fragmented right now because we're all isolated and fighting this game alone. That's not the way it was meant to be. There are no isolated believers in God's economy. So those of you who are listening, I would ask you the same question. Are you meeting with another believer once a week for the purpose of support, prayer, and encouragement? And Proverbs 18.1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Rages against all wise Judgment. So you're actually um, going hard against what God said is, is the wise way to live life. And unfortunately, our churches have conditioned and trained us with their performance driven services to be isolated, to, to be isolated believers. So what do they do? Many services, once, you know, about when they're switching off between the worship band and the pastor, they'll say, hey, Greet the person standing next to you and then we put on that fake Sunday smile and Hi, how are you? And the other person looks, Oh, I'm doing fine, how are you? And then we nod and then we go on and 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 it's just faking it. So that's not a church devoted to fellowship. So it's critical that each and every one of us is a part of a tribe of believers. Or like Jesus did, he had a, he had his inner circle of James, John, and Peter who he took with him on some of the most his most intense battles. And that's what we need. Every one of you has to be a part of a tribe and you have to have your inner circle. Even if that's only an inner circle of one, that is enough. You cannot fight this battle in isolation. You will get slapped and smacked and beat up and... And we need another brother or sister who will tell us, hey, um, this is not the good way to go. Or, hey, man, you're having a really rough day. I'm going to pray for you. Or, hey, um, no, this is your perception of this is not right. This is critical. And James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Sins, plural, meaning this is an ongoing deal. This isn't just a once at a you know, once a once once a week thing or, or I should say a once a year thing where we barely do it and a lot of believers don't do it all. And I can tell you that a lot of people who come to us for help, they're sharing their story with us for the very first time. And I almost feel like I've just become their best friend, <laughs> somebody they can trust, not you know not that that's you know what i'm trying to do but a lot of people are just starved and thirsty for somebody safe to talk to and and there's a lot of people in our churches today are starved and thirsty for somebody safe to talk to and we're so there's one article i saw not long ago the epidemic of loneliness and you, that epidemic is as live and well in the church today so you got to be you can't be Wound up in isolation. You have to be meeting with other believers. So now I'm going to get into what do we do with the war in the mind. So let's say you're um, you're in the grocery store and you notice, and you're a guy, and you notice um, a young woman approaching you, and she's wearing. There's a lot of skin showing there, or it could be vice versa. I mean, women struggle with less too. This is not a man's issue. By any means. And to start off with that, I love going to Italy. We usually go about once a year, once every two years for ministry purposes. And their coffee there is amazing. It is, I would say, the best in the world that I've tasted. Vienna, Austria is maybe the second best. And and it's smooth. And when I first went... To um, about 2016, I went and they served lunch and then they served an espresso shot to me straight. You know, no milk, no nothing. And I looked at it and I'm thinking, you know, American coffee or Starbucks. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be bitter. And I drink it. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this is good. This is smooth. There's no bitterness to it. There's, there's I don't know, the acidity level or whatever they do. It's just amazing. And then they're... They don't have sugary drinks. They don't have the big whopping venti or grandes like we do in the States or even talls, you know, like Starbucks have. They just have small coffee drinks, but oh, man, it is so good. And a lot of the stuff we have for coffee here in the U.S. is basically milk drinks that are flavored with coffee and, and tons of sugar, depending who's ordering. And so and then some of their coffee drinks are just amazing and they have drinks over there that we don't have here. And they call American coffee dirty water, which I agree with. It's, it's just a bitter comparison. And So now that I've talked about coffee for the last minute or two, I want you to stop thinking about coffee. And what some of you just did is as soon as I said stop thinking about coffee – The thoughts of coffee sprang forth like weeds in your mind and you weren't even – there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way our brain works when we try and tamp down the thoughts on our own. I call that fighting our flesh with our flesh. It never works. So if you try and suppress the thoughts, it's going to spring them forth tenfold. So fighting the thoughts or suppressing the thoughts or attempting to do that – And that's how OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, can develop over time because that's basically fear run amok. OCD is fear run amok. And we keep trying to stop a thought or shut it down or suppress it and it keeps coming and then we keep recycle, recycle, stop it, think it, stop it, think it. And then it can drive us nuts. So the way to approach this is what I call turn and connect. So if if I'm in the grocery store, say and and a beautiful woman's coming up to me, I'll just in my heart I will look to God and say, Lord, I, I re- she's coming, and I might even say something honest like, you know, my flesh would really like to look at her right now, but Lord, you are my source of life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. Fill me with you. I haven't tried to suppress the thoughts. I haven't tried to fight them. I. I've just gone to God, and, and just in doing that, it cuts the temptation down to size. Or I can just be at home and not doing anything, and then some thoughts, maybe of some old girlfriends from years ago, could flutter through my mind. And, and I don't, again, I don't try to shut them down, I don't try to depress them, suppress them. Turn and connect. I turn to the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. I want you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit of power, love, and sound mind. And in doing that, the battle gets cut down to size quickly. Because now I'm focusing on Jesus, and sometimes I'll focus on him in heaven and the throne room of grace. And in doing that, it there's power in your mind and your imagination when you light your mind up with an image of heaven or the Lord. that. That just dissolves the whole fight right then and there and it brings the Holy Spirit in and that's what you want. You don't want to be trying to fight this on your own. And so that that works many times with the flesh And but there's times when less thoughts might keep piling on and coming and coming and coming and and sometimes it's not the flesh and sometimes it's our spiritual enemy, and he, it's a full-blown attack. And in that case, you have to discern on what's going on, and you can ask the Lord, well, "What is this?" And but usually, when, with an attack, it has a dark edge to it. You can, you can, in your spirit, you can sense this, this is there's some evil and wickedness here that's at a different level than it's just one of my flesh thoughts. And then you have to shut it down and take up your authority in Christ. So. Go read Ephesians 2. You have been seated with Christ in the heavenly places. You have the authority to tell him, no, leave, stop. So for me, I might say something like, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command any evil spirits coming against me to stop your works right now and leave. Or I I could just make it simple. In the name of Jesus, leave. Or sometimes I might pray something like, in the name of Jesus, I cancel all assignments of the enemy against me. It depends on what's going on. So you have the power and you have the authority to shut down the work of the enemy when he comes against you. And some battles, I'd say a lot of them, with turn and connect or taking up our authority in Christ, usually between those two, they can reduce them or shut it down pretty quickly. But you need to know that there are going to be some battles that go a lot longer than a few minutes, and I've experienced plenty of those where I get woken up at the 3 in the morning, and 3 in the morning is the witching hour, and then you're wrestling and you're praying, and and you're wrestling and you're praying, or sometimes it can be on again, off again over a couple of days, which I've just experienced recently, or sometimes when it's time to come to the radio station here, I I can be going through it for several hours leading up to the moment I walk in the door. (laughs) Because, you know, the enemy doesn't want us talking about this stuff and equipping people on how to overcome lust. He's quite happy if we just keep our church services nice and comfortable and easy and, you know, our little verse-by-verse teaching and not that there's anything wrong with that, but... If you're going to equip people to be warriors you have to you have to give them the whole counsel of God a verse by verse sermon is not enough you have to be able to walk them through and understand the spiritual battle and and where all that comes in in scripture and give them the whole picture So the next part of overcoming ten- um, temptation is you got there's times when you got to cut it off in Matthew 5. I'll read, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand caused you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go to hell. And this verse is written for to everyone. This is a s- severe warning to everyone not to play games with sin. And as you might remember, some of you, we've been looking for a church the last couple years here locally. And the phrase is, sin and hell... We don't hear much in church. And this is not just here in Arizona. I'm talking about where I came from, too. You know, why is it we breeze past the warnings in Scripture, especially about those that have to do with hell? That's as soon as we die, there's only one of two places we're going to end up in. And the scary and sometimes terrifying thing for me is we're not warning our people. I remember that, um, I forget his name now, my mind is blanked. He's the pastor on the East Coast. He said, We're loving people into hell. And yeah, the love of God radically changed my life, but I need both. I need grace and I need truth. I need to know also that I cannot mess around with sin. That's called the fear of the Lord. And so there was a guy I met with for several years for lunch. about every week and he kept coming to me week after week saying well i looked at porn on my phone and and hey bill um you need to put an app on your phone or hey bill you need to get a dumb phone or hey bill you need to do something and then he gave me the classic christian cop out well i'll pray about it you know that <laughs> we christians have our cop outs and and i'll pray about it as one of them and there's nothing to pray about with some issues With some issues when god says cut it off Man, we got to cut it off, and we can't screw around. And so we need these warnings. We need to hear this stuff from the pulpit. We need to hear about hell, and we need to be reminded of it at some point. Um, and, so, and today, in our comfy Christian churches that many are performance and we need to hear it a lot more and when you see the fruit of this from people who are walking away from church cuz they're just not being challenged or equipped and so if if porn on your phone is a problem you're going to have to do something and it some people it's like they're waiting for God to drop a thunderbolt on them <laughs> oh god take this away from me when he he looks us in the face and says um I want you to take responsibility and ownership of the things that are under your control so if you got a phone and you're constantly looking at porn porn on it, then get an app. And I'm in favor of one of those apps that sends out an accountability report. To me, that's far more ineffective than uh, a porn blocker because a porn blocker for most men, if they're honest, is like a challenge. I want to see if I can get around it. And I have never heard of a guy once that couldn't get around the porn blocking feature when he wanted to. And, oh, you got it. I mean, you go to the news websites and there's sexually charged images on there. It, it's really not hard. And I'm not trying to give you tips, but um, sexually charged content is everywhere. But when I have on my phone a feature where it records every single website I visit, and those reports go to my wife <clears throat> and my buddy, which does. Yeah, that's my way. I have that on my phone. And every week, my wife, my accountability partner, he gets the reports. So um, this is for me and for everyone. And so I'd have to do a walk of shame if <laughs> I did something stupid like that. And so you got to take action. You can't just um, play games with this and keep falling and falling and falling and playing games with it and justify it. And, and then sometimes we got – To run. So 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee youthful lusts. Around the corner from the radio station is a Dunkin' Donuts and not far away from that, I think in the same shopping center is a gym and and there were... I used to come, go to Dunkin' and grab me a coffee on the way but um, what was happening was there were um, women walking in with very thin, sheer garments for exercise. And so I get that, but, um, you know, yoga, pant, exercise, dresses, you know, dress and tops that didn't leave much to the imagination. And so I I don't need that. (laughs) So I I haven't been to Dunkin' Donuts around the corner in a long time. And I don't mean I might not go someday and grab a coffee, but... Um, you know, when I'm coming in here to talk about things, things I just don't need that hassle. And so sometimes you just got to stay away from people or situations that are going are gonna to take you down. And again, we are responsible. Talk a few minutes about social media. So when social media, when you constantly flipping down your news feed, that mimics, mimics the effects of when we're looking for pornography. So when a guy is looking for porn, he's usually um, going from picture to site to picture to whatever to, to try and find the ultimate hit. So what he does is he, this is a part of the brain chemistry and what it does. So guys who are masturbating and looking at porn, it depletes their dopamine. That's, The neurotransmitter and the pleasure center in the brain and so that gets depleted and then depression and anxiety can be a problem and then we can obsessively start looking for porn and it's the same thing with social media where you don't even realize it when you're hooked on it and you're clicking and you're clicking and you're looking and you're looking so you want to minimize your time on social media and on the internet me personally I've been turning my phone off for most of the weekends, I don't check email during the weekends for the most part. Um, I stay away from the computer. I stay off social media. I don't do posts if I can have it uh, during the weekend and to give my mind a rest from all that stuff. And I also stay away from the news too because too much of that stuff is just toxic, especially today. And then prayer. Prayer is big. You want to have a powerful Prayer life. By that, I don't mean two minutes and up. I'm off to work. I mean spending a good forty-five minutes to an hour a day with the Lord. And you don't got to. You don't have to do it um, all in one shot. You can do it in, in multiple settings. But uh, you want to have an effective, powerful prayer life where you're constantly going hard after God. We're supposed to be committed to prayer. That's not just something we study. That's supposed to be our our way of life is to be a prayer warrior. The early church, they were constantly meeting for prayer meetings. And you want to be a part of prayer meetings with other believers. And your church does have prayer meetings, right? Or at least I hope so. Although I can tell you from looking for a church that many of them don't. So people, fire up your prayer life. Fire up the prayer meetings. And let's go to war and make our lives count for eternity.
0: Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a non-profit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona